welcome to this edition of Diverse Thinkers Podcast. We are uh, right now the production crew of Lynn Palmer, who's doing technical support, Nancy Hughes, who's giving moral support, and Craig Gemmel, head of school from Brewster Academy, are here on the streets of Culver City, California. It is a Friday evening, and we are sitting with the class of 1999, uh, the great... Uh, Gregory Douglas, who is uh, a singer and songwriter, and uh, also just joined us for dinner. So we'd love to welcome Gregory to this version of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So Gregory, we we have uh, done a little bit of research on you, and you you took the brave step of going from Brewster Academy in 1999 into the professional workforce as a singer songwriter, and right after graduating, it's amazing that you did so, and and. We're connecting the dots between now and then, and we're talking about 19 years, and you're a thriving performer and and contributor to the artistic life of the of this world. And so, how's that feel? <laughs> well, it feels surreal, actually, because you know, I just I have I really genuinely have Brewster to thank for setting the stage for so much of this, and and I really you know. I left campus feeling just so inspired and motivated to just make it happen. And in 1999, it was a time that that, that was really prime for so many emerging singer-songwriters to really do it themselves. And I was doing that, you know, I was doing just that and not, and, and I was doing it because I didn't want to wait around to be discovered. I wanted to really just make it happen. and. And just, you know, in in the meantime, and until finally one day I was discovered or whatever, little did I know how much things would change so drastically in the industry. And little did I know that this default way of doing things would really become the norm in so many ways. So I, I really learned how to think outside of the box and, and think ahead of the curve and, and um, adapt accordingly. And, and adapt you have because now you are uh, in many ways uh, a bit of a virtuoso in your in your world because you you made the decision to be an independent entity. You did not sign with a label. You have not put yourself in a position where you've had to relinquish any creative control to anyone else. You're working in in a, a bunch of different media, doing a bunch of different work. You were just telling me a few moments ago that you are doing. Uh, you're doing a, a musical for uh, a, a person. You're doing the, the score for a musical in New York right now. You're also doing some experimental music. You also are touring uh, pretty extensively. And 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 some people might might uh, not thrive in the ambiguity that that kind of not knowing where you're going. But it seems like you feel really comfortable in your skin, living in in the world of possibilities. Yes, yeah, I, I think that it's it kind of goes with the territory, with music, but I think, also in the entrepreneurial space in general, it's really like, you know, as technology has changed everything, I think everyone sort of had to adapt. I think we're adapting as consumers without even realizing we're we're just we're changing the way we think and and the way we, we consume. Um, and so everyone is sort of having to make that shift in one way or another. I sort of actually feel like I had an advantage and maybe got a head start 
without even realizing. I mean, I, I again, I had no idea how much things would change. I just wanted to get out there and do what I loved, you know. And but it seems like there's it's it's not just about what you love. I I've had the good fortune of listening to some of of your work online there is a purposefulness about it and actually we we call this the diverse thinkers podcast but it but it it's playing on the, the school's mission statement which is Brewster prepares diverse thinkers for lives of purpose and it feels like there is a lot of purpose to what you're doing I, and I'm curious about what that purpose is right now and we're saying that on a Friday night in Culver City to the north there for there are forest fires there was a, a, a terrible shooting to the south uh, that resulted in the deaths of 12 people just a few days ago. We feel like we're sandwiched in this world of sadness, and yet, and yet you're doing this stuff that, that is not just about you kind of pursuing a dream that is a, a, a unitary, singular dream, but there's something else going on maybe. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's actually been... 20 years this year since I released my first album publicly and the first album is called If I Were a Man and there is so much uh, like involved in that album lyrically and thematically that is totally full circle right now I mean any one of these songs I could have written now you know maybe I'd like to think I'm a little bit better of a songwriter now than I was 20 years ago, but like just all the things that I'm ha that I touched upon then are so relevant right now. It's kind of terrifying to think about, but at the same time I feel like I'm on the other side of it, you know? So I'm kind of looking at that feeling like taking a step back, realizing that that uh, everything going on right now is as tragic as it is and and sort of continues to be right now, it feels like a real trend of tragedy right now. Um, we, I'm, I'm learning to, to put it more into perspective and acknowledge that it's a small percentage of what we're consuming all the time, of what the media wants us to consume all the time, of, you know, the way things are sort of you know, positioned so that we're just thinking that the world is falling apart at a time where really there's, it's never really been a safer time to live, you know, um, in history. And we're, we're really keeping the focus on that small, very small percentage of bad things that are going on. We're not paying any attention to all the good things that are happening, all the progress that is being made, all the spiritual evolution that is happening, and all of the groundwork that we're laying for the future. And so I re that's where my hope is. And, 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 that, and I realize the work that I've been doing through music all of these years is really this form of, of light work, of... of um, you know, being a part of that progress that I think is inevitable. And do you feel like you have some kindred spirits in that work? Are you finding other light workers who are kind of participating? Because a lot of what you do is probably really isolated and isolating. You're sitting and perseverating over songs and over lyrics and production values and you know, working on your your brand through social media, do you feel like you can kind of 
be part of something larger, particularly in L.A., which which frankly feels really kind of as a country mouse myself feels a little dehumanizing. So how, how does that all work? You know, you came out here from Burlington, Vermont, which is arguably the most soulful place I've ever been. And, and you're in Culver City now. And, and sure, we're hearing kids playing in the distance. But <laughs> but there's 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 a lot there's a lot going on here that is about image and brand, and not about meaning and purpose, I would argue. Well, it's funny because it's there's a an enormous everything exists here you know we have our our preconceived notions of what life is like out here and it's actually really funny when i go home most people when they ask how life is out here they ask with kind of a like oh so how's la oh the traffic's terrible isn't it oh how's la oh the you know those forest fires are you know it's like they, they sort of want me to confirm what they already suspect or what they already feel like they know about it without having ever been here. And you really have to be here for a while to realize, like, oh, this is America out here. This is America out here. And if people had their own taste of that, what a different world we would live in, I can tell you that. I was in, I have to say that when I was maybe two years into living here, I was in one of the chain malls that, that's here, the Westfield Mall, the Westfield Culver City Mall. And I was walking around, I, I must have been in there a couple hours before I realized that I was the only white person in the entire mall. And I didn't even realize that until I was in there for a couple hours. And, and coming from Northern Vermont and going to school in New Hampshire, you know, like it took me a, a, a long time to get to that point where I realized that I'm the minority out here in, in my neighborhood. And it's fascinating to me how how I finally made that shift from from just sort of feeling a part of it and, and frankly meeting some of the nicest, most family oriented people I've ever met out here. You know, and it's hilarious for me to think of of what we're also spending so much time being so afraid of all the time. That's a good one to take back back home in my suitcase, because <laughs> I I do think uh, my my uh, to be autobiographical for a moment. My experience of the of the past five days in California has been one. Shaped by fear and loathing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a scary time. The traffic. And it's the, a lot at once. The crowds and the just the uh, chronic overstimulation. It's a lot at once. And, and uh, uh, but but I'm curious. You, you know, I'm, we Nancy, uh, Lynn, and I are going to go back. We're going to be back there on Sunday morning, in in the borough as we call it. And and I'm wondering when you when you squint your eyes and think about what what you would want for that place, what you would want for the, the experience of those kids who followed you now. And there are wonderful kids there who, who want to do right in the world. What, what would you want for them as, insofar as they're, they're having this experience in real time and, and there's so many demands that, that are coming at them. What would you want for them? Uh, any advice you might have for them any advice you might have for me? I, uh, I'm kind of all ears. Hmm. 
Well, that's interesting. I mean... You didn't think I was going <laughs> to... Make you think, did you? Well, I mean... There's so many... <laughs> there's so many things I, I could say. I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, what's, what's the ultimate. I, I continue to... I continue to feel like... Everything c- continues to bring me back to the same core things. And it's really, I know I know this may sound cliche, but really education is at the heart of it all. And, and it's not just, and it's not just, you know, academic education. It's experiencing life, you know. It's walking through the Culver City Westfield Mall for a couple hours, you know. It's, it's having the opportunity as a kid and understanding that you have the opportunity like if you're a kid going to Brewster Academy for example to experience this level of diversity in this small town in the middle of New Hampshire that just doesn't exist there wouldn't exist there otherwise um, and to and and to form these like long-lasting relationships that will will impact you for the rest of your life for the better in ways that you won't even realize until you're out and you know to have the opportunities to travel to these and different countries and have these different experiences um and that's kind of like at a at a more localized level i guess but i also continue to think about you know you mentioned the the horrible things happening and in this these strings of shootings that are happening that I just can't even fathom and it continues to bring me back to this place that like we just have to keep raising our kids better you know I mean I think I've seen I saw some really interesting documentaries recently that I think one of which is like required viewing it's called The Mask We Live In yes and yes nice you've seen that yeah and the woman who made that and she made misrepresentation too she founded the representation project it it really like speaks for everything especially the mask we live in because we're talking about the type of things that we instill in our kids when they're so young the the harmless things we don't even think about like we're telling our boys don't throw like a girl don't um you know, don't cry, only girls cry. You know, we're, we're sort of instilling that they're not, men or boys are not allowed to f- feel their feelings, and by the time they're young men, the only feeling they're allowed to feel is anger. You know, they're all, the only feeling they're allowed to vocalize is anger. And then we wonder why all these mass shootings are men, you know, and, and the majority of these things that are happening are men, you know, and it just it, it goes back so far we have to to i refuse to believe that we're we're born this way you know we're all born on a clean slate and we are a product of our environment and of of our teaching and so you know we we have to love our kids better and teach our kids better and that's really that could make such a tremendous impact in ways we can't even imagine i think so we've already uh locked you in to come back to school to be part of that work and we really look forward to that and I and I can say that I, having <coughs> having spent the last few hours with you I think that you'll you'll not just teach the kids you'll teach some adults 
myself included, about what it means to, to be a great educator. So we thank you for that. And, and, and as, as we wrap up, I, I'm reminded of this, uh, this great recording that someone handed me about 15 years ago on a CD. It was Tom Waits, a great American artist, performing in a bar uh, in 1974 when The Heart of Saturday Night had just come out and there were bar, uh, there were people talking in the background and bottles clinking and I don't think there were children playing but certainly it was a very real scene and, and this has become memorialized as like the great Tom Waits bootleg. So I'm hoping this is going to be the great Gregory Douglas bootleg. And, <laughs> Me too. And I'm grateful to be a part of it. So we hope you can come back and see us. We hope you can keep doing the good work you're doing in the world and know that we are so proud to have you as, as an alum. Thank you very much. I appreciate that.